0: So we are moving today, just, and just bear with me, we are moving right into part two of the series, Storyteller, and we're speaking and we're exploring the parables of Jesus. I'm going to come right down. Is that okay? All right. I believe every parable is trying to lead us past ourselves, past the surface, A parable is a short story that Jesus tells that deeply points to the reality beyond the story, challenging the hearer to live in the light of the way God sees our world, not the way we see it, right? Into God's kingdom life. So we must read ourselves into the story, and I want you to do that today. You're going to read yourself into the story, confronting who you are, and the role we play, and we face our issues. We face the things that God reveals to us. I think the worst thing that we can do is for God to speak to our heart, and it speaks about this, and for us not to face it anymore, just to pretend, oh, yeah, that's, that's cool, God, but I'm going to just move on. I believe for some of us here today that God wants to speak to our heart through this parable, and I don't want you to move on. I want you to go to God and step forward and say, I don't understand why you're revealing this part of my life. Or I don't understand what you're trying to do right now. So we're going to move into that. So today I find ourselves, and this is an odd parable. It's called the parable of the strong man. The parable of strong man. You might have maybe no one has uh, even uh, spoke about this. Last week we talked about the parable of the sowers, and that was epic. That was great. If you missed it, please catch up. Uh, But if you have your Bibles, please go to Mark chapter 3. All right, we celebrate the word of God. We don't just cheer for it, it. we celebrate it because it reveals Jesus and Jesus changes our lives. Jesus changes our lives. Uh, And so, how many of you guys like to watch the world's strongest man competition? Anyone? Is it just me, right? It might be me. I might watch. They're, the world's strongest man competition is this guy's lifting. I, I think over one thousand pound deadlift just just for fun. He like is bleeding out of his nose as he's lifting this. It's not healthy for you to lift that much weight, right, Kyle? It's not that healthy, right? I know, I know. But this guy, there's some of these guys. They're six eight and six ten, and they average around four hundred and fifty pounds. That's what they walk around. So all humans are not created equally, right? Some people are giants, and some people have these God-given powers, right? These guys pull fire trucks for leisure, right? This is just something they like to do. It just reminds me of the story of David and Goliath in the Old Testament, a giant of a man who challenges God and his people calling out Israel. He says, and and this is what Goliath says. He says, send out your strongest man, your strong man. Send out your strong man. And if you win, I will, you can be my master. But if I win, we I will be your master. That was the challenge. That was the Old Testament strongman competition. In this strongman competition, you win like a million dollars in a trophy. In that strongman competition, you're, you might end your life there. It's a, it's a different strongman competition with the future of Israel, families, tradition, and freedom on the line. And if you are the king and if I am the king, what are we to do when we are challenged by the strongman? And with that in mind, we're going to go into our scripture, and I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures. So stay with me. We're going to read Mark 3, 20 to 34. and I'm going to read it quickly. Then Jesus, he entered a house, and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not able to eat. When his family heard this, they went to take charge of him. They were like, oh, man, we got to get him. They said he was out of his mind. This is his family. He's like, Jesus, this our son, or our brother, or our cousin. He's out of his mind. And then the teachers of the law came down from Jerusalem and said, he's possessed by Beelzebub, and, and that means the prince of demons. It actually means lord of the flies, right? Lord of the flies, the lord of the things of the air, the spiritual things. And, and by the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. That's what he says. Verse 23, so Jesus called over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How, he says, how can Satan drive out sin?'" If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. Verse 27, in fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven of all sin, and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphems against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, and they are guilty of eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he had an impure spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived, standing outside, and they sent someone in calling him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you, Jesus." And Jesus says this line. This is a strong line for you mothers and brothers. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated around the circle and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will, God's will, is my brother and sister and mother. That's God's word it's a little confusing so you you need me to break you, you need to break this down cuz it's there's a lot of things here today i want to continue the thought on lordship say lordship, lordship. lordship's interesting cuz we know nothing about it right we don't have lords and dukes and things like that but uh, but the closest thing that we have to lords is like famous people and powerful people. We have like CEOs, we're like, oh yeah, they have extra power. We have presidents and mayors, and we have Jay-Z and Beyonce, right? right? People who are famous or people who have a lot of money or power, we, we hear them, we're like, I guess they kind of fit that role, right? Yet to the hearers of Jesus' day, they understood lordship well. They had kings and rulers over their lives lordship to them was not a choice think about that for us it's like oh yeah that that guy's cool like i will put my you know i I think they you know they demand authority for jesus's hearers it was not a choice when people lived under a vicious ruler they had no choice they lived under these caesars they lived under these false kings these puppet kings of rome who abused their powers for personal gain and to speak against the king could cost you your, your position, your privilege, and your life. So lordship is a different meaning than when we hear it today. But, but for us, we have a good king. We have a good king. Because when there's an evil king, you're, in fear, you're fearful. But when there's a good king, people would gladly serve a good king, right? Gladly submits. I, I, I heard the words, sweet surrender right? Sweet surrender. And I was listening to the song. I was like, this totally goes with my message. But I was was listening to that song. But uh, there is uh, sweet surrender. That sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. When there's someone in your life that you trust dearly, you will sweetly surrender your will. You would sweetly submit, right? In a a beautiful marriage, there is a a marriage of sweet surrender because you want to. Because it is more beautiful together than apart. So we have a good king, a king that loves us and rules justly, a king that lays his life down for his people, a servant king, which does not diminish his power. We think a servant is diminished, but Jesus says, no, I'm going to show you a new way of living, a new way of thinking. A, a, A servant king doesn't diminish his power. It actually shows more power, right? When your children are out of whack and you can stay calm, that's a lot of power. That's a lot. That's, that's restraint. That's power under control, right? Power to do good, to overcome the evil of our children today. When your coworkers are driving you insane and you can keep calm and have power under control and love them enough to keep on loving them through it, that's power under control. That is a great power and Jesus is our good king and the parable asks us how will we respond to this good king how will we respond to this good king and I'm going to go into it growing up in church right and some of us have we sang about Jesus as Lord some some of you this is brand new for you I was speaking to someone who's newer to Christ and they said the first time they walked in here the uh, first time they walked into church it was kind of it was kind of odd Right? It was kind of odd. And then then they walked in again, and the Spirit of God hit them. They said, I felt like I had goosebumps the whole time. It was just like this different experience that God was going after their heart. And it wasn't by force. It was by service. It was by love. It was by the presence of God that God wanted to do work in this individual's heart. And so, growing up in church, we sang all these songs about Jesus as Lord, prayed to Jesus as Lord, and had salvation prayers in Romans 10, 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? And, and it sounds easy. We're like, that sounds easy. Just say, Jesus is Lord, right? And then really feel it. Like, really feel it. Don't fake feel it. Really feel it. And then, boom, heaven. Tickets to heaven. They just, they come to your house. They're mailed to your house, Right? But is that right? Have we, we've, been, we, we've been taught, many of us grew up in church, just say the magic prayer and then, boom, tickets to heaven, right? Tickets to heaven. But what if there's no magic prayer? What if there's only honest prayer, meaning there has to be, when you say Jesus is Lord, you're surrendering your rights to a sweet surrender. A sweet surrender, declaring lordship of Jesus over my life. That my life belongs to Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. And everything in us will want to fight this. There's moments in our lives that God presents himself and we say, no, I'm the king of my life. See, to confess Jesus as Lord, but not to submit to his power and authority is a contradiction. I mean it. To sing songs to Jesus saying, you are the Lord of my life. Yet to not submit to his authority is a contradiction. Salvation without lordship is not salvation. I know this is going to be tough to hear. It's religion. Because at the end of the day, it comes back to me, my decision, my rights, right? Me-centered lordship. I'm still on the throne of my life. And Jesus says it this way in Luke 6.46. Why do you call me Lord then? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? Why do you sing Jesus is Lord, yet there's no lordship over your life? That's what he's saying. So either Jesus is God, and he's right, and we fully submit to him, or I'm God, and I'm right, and I'm the Lord of my life, and I save myself, and I trust myself, and I live it my way. Everything else falls into place from here. Sin itself is an issue of lordship. Sin itself is an issue of lordship. You guys still with me? All right. I, I hope this is getting through. I know I'm talking about lordship for a long time, but it, 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 I need to do it for this to make sense because this is a kind of a confusing parable Jesus talks about. All right. So in Mark three twenty one, he says, "Now when his family heard it." They heard he was here. They went to seize him. And for they were saying, he's out of his mind, right? I was thinking about this. Jesus' whole family thought that he, they needed to take him home. He's off his meds. We need to take him home. If We need to just grab him from the crowd because he's embarrassing us, right? He's embarrassing our family in our village. He's a lunatic. He's crazy, right? He's telling people he has the power to forgive, that he was there since the beginning, that he's God. Yet these very people, they experienced Jesus at the marriage of Cana when he turned water into wine. They were there for the virgin birth, they were there for angel choirs. They heard the voice of God when Jesus was being baptized audibly. And, And because of pressures and social pressures, they, 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 they're like, oh, we better do something about this. We better change the way we look at Jesus. And it shows me this, and I, I want you to hear me. We will all be shaken. You can be as close to Jesus as you can be, but you too will be shaken just like Jesus' family. We will face moments of weakness, and in those moments, we have to learn to hold on. We will all struggle. Isn't that true? We all struggle. I don't care how Christianese you speak, and every day God is good. There's some days you're like, God is good, and you, you can't feel any of that. <laughs> you just say it, right? Sometimes you're just holding on to the promises of God, right? We all struggle. And these struggles of faith show us that our past experiences with God won't keep us. And listen up. You, what you got getting there won't keep you there. What you got? What happened in the past will not keep you in your relationship with God. If you're in this room and you've been holding on to how God used to be, how you used to walk with God, how you used to be passionate, it won't keep you. It won't keep you. If you're on maintenance mode with Jesus, at some point, your car check engine light will come on. And for some of us, we, the engine light has been on for a while, right? We just don't want to go do the emissions test right because then we got to deal with it sometimes we push that as far as we can that check engine light is on and we've been driving way too long and i plead with you and i plead with you do not play church do not play religion do not take jesus as just good advice your faith must lead you to lordship i mean it our faith your faith and my faith in christ it has to lead us somewhere to lordship and I end or it will slowly begin to destroy like your engine will be destroyed and you won't even know it right has, has anyone got has anyone's car broke down on the side of the road right I think um, tons of us and what happened what you know what I do I don't check any of the fluids I'm sorry I don't, he's a mechanic I, I, I'm sorry Colin I don't check any of the fluids. I, I hear a noise in my car I'm like you know, it'll go away. You know what? Those noises never go away. <laughs> Isn't that true? There's some things in our lives and we pretend like nothing is going on. Like, and there's some times in our marriage, and, 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 and just being honest, Candace and I were going through just a kind of, we felt distant from each other, and Candace's like, I don't like it. When we are at odds of each, at each other and we don't handle it, it our, the engine of our marriage was clicking, and we were pretending because life gets busy, right? And you can pretend, you can pretend for a long time, right? And life got busy, and we just pretend like nothing was going wrong. And finally, like there, there was that moment where we're like, "This is not good. This is not good." And I'm like, "I'm good with God," but if I, you can't say I'm good with God and not be good with your wife or be good in the relationships that you, if you have, that you have, right? The way you love God, the way you love people is the way you love God. That's, that's in there too. That's in there too. And so it has to lead, we have to handle it because our natural disposition is to forget about it. It's to forget about it. And We start to think, and this is what happens when you forget about it. We start thinking, we start getting me focused big time, big time. You're like, I wonder if anyone's thinking about me. I wonder if anyone even cares what I'm going through. And, and, the, and if you've thought these thoughts, me too. Me too. I wonder if someone's going to invite me or say hi to me, right? Serving me, forgetting that we are called to be coworkers with Christ. That's our first allegiance. When was the last time you did for others what you want done for you? I just want to ask you some questions. You made a meal for someone, not because you had to, right? You stepped out of your comfort zone to comfort someone else. This is huge. If we can step out when we're uncomfortable to comfort someone who's uncomfortable, that is a big move. You invited someone over to your place just because. The Bible says do for others what you want done for you. But I believe you do for others what hasn't even been done. For you. Move beyond you because you represent a king. There's lordship over your life. You represent Jesus, and Jesus is enough for you. And when you really grip onto that, you will find out that that is true. See, in verse 22, the scribes come down, and and they come down from Jerusalem saying, he's possessed, he's crazy, he's possessed by a demon, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. That's how he's casting out demons. So these religious teachers, they're saying, this guy's the devil. This guy's the devil. Don't trust him. He's a liar. He's a liar. Don't trust him. And now, what was Jesus doing? He was healing He was casting out demons. He was forgiving sin. But it wasn't the way they wanted it, right? There's sometimes God works in our life, and it's not the way we thought he should work in our life, right? But if you, and we're like, oh, that's, that's not what I wanted you to do. You didn't do it my way. And we get upset about it. And that's what the teachers are doing. Jesus was doing beautiful things, but not the way he wanted, they wanted it done. Oh, you're healing on the Sabbath. Oh, you shouldn't heal that guy. You should heal th- this guy. Oh, you should teach like this. And so this is what's going on with these teachers. And listen, we can get so caught up once again in our way that even right seems wrong. And the words, we don't, it's not the way we do it. That's a, those are dangerous words. Those can be dangerous words if we're not careful because we get caught up in my way. At least I do. I get caught up in my way, and I say, this is how God works. And, And I look back on my week, and I say, I've totally missed these holy moments that God has put me together with people. And I miss these holy moments, and I don't want you to miss it. And here is Jesus. He finally had enough. His family calling him crazy lunatic. The teachers calling him a liar. And this is what he says in verse 23 He called to them and he said to them, Hold up, homie. No, he didn't say that. He said to them in the parable, I think that's how I see Jesus saying it. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, it cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. And if Satan rises up against himself and he's divided, he cannot stand. But it's coming to an end. And no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds up the strong man. Say, binds up the strong man. And then indeed he may plunder his house. Jesus is saying, look, if you're at war, you don't attack your own troops. Unless you want to lose, right? And Jesus then compares our world to a house. And and I want you to think of it more like a castle, right? Of an evil king, a strong man, a castle full of prisoners. And these prisoners are us. They're us. There's a strong man who has imprisoned our world. And the strong man is Satan. And he's enslaved people with chains of depression, anxiety, addiction, Isolation, confusion, and pride. And if I say those things, we all fall in line somewhere there. And somewhere there, it has really, something in there has knocked us off our game in our life, knocked us off our pursuit of God, imprisoning them through sin, which leads to death. But Jesus says, But I have come to give you life. I have come to give you life. I am stronger than him. I am mightier than him. I have come to bind up the strong man, bind up the powers of Satan, and rescue the prisoners. And that's the good news of Jesus. I know that it seems so, just. if you've heard this many times, it seems so common. If you've never heard this before, that's the message for you. There's things that we go through that we cannot overcome. And if you could, you would. Just straight up. If you could overcome on your own, if you could save yourself, you would have saved yourself. But we can't. So we trust the good news of Jesus. And before you can be free... Jesus must rescue you, deliver you, relinquish the power of Satan over you, and break the power of sin in your life, or sin will continue to play out, play out, play out. Jesus is the freedom from that. If there's an addiction in your life, sexual addiction, alcoholic addiction, if there's the addiction to even to work, some of us are so addicted to work that we let everything else pass by, and we're like, if I can, this will make me happy. Hey, anyone have ever, ever been on that pursuit? Me too. Me too. This will make me happy. If I can get this in my life, if I can get this together, and then you get it, and guess what? Wherever you are, there you are. If you are messed up here, you're going to be messed up there. Just because different situations change doesn't mean you change. We think we change. We don't change like that. God changes our heart. And here's the message of the cross. Our good king has come to set the captives free from Satan, from the man, the enemy of our soul. But he did not do this the way we thought a king would come. He, not as his family would thought, not the teachers would thought, but Jesus came humbly. He came humbly through love, through truth, through hope and sacrifice. It's a whole new way of being human in, in our life, and I, I find this true, in our life, we think humility and honesty, we don't say it's a weakness, but we kind of live like it's a weakness. And here comes Jesus. The two things he gives us is pure honesty and pure humility. And guess what he does with it? He changes the world. And we are trying to change the world like the strong man with power and authority and control. If I can control more of my life, if I can control more of my life, I'll win. And I'm telling you, it comes through humility and honesty with God when we are just so honest with God. Have you ever been around someone who's just dead honest and at first you're a little offended? (laughs) You're like, you're offensive because <laughs> you were too honest. Or they ask you questions. And I, I can be a little bit like that. I'm not saying I'm like Jesus, but there's moments I ask people questions and they don't like it. They don't like it. They're like, Whoa. no one has asked me questions like that. They want to be like, how's your day? Good. Okay. Good too. Right? And it, but what do you ask? Like, tell me your story. And you're like, what? Tell me your story. Tell me what you struggle with. Uh, I, don't, I don't like talking about stuff like that when we step one, but there is power, I'm telling you, for freedom in your life and mine when we could be dead honest, like practice honesty. And it's not easy. It's not easy. If, you're, if my wife says, how's this looking? I was like, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do it though. Do it because we practice lying. <laughs> we straight up, We straight up practice lying and we say, that's okay. Like, don't worry. That won't that won't teach my kids to lie. It absolutely does, right? We start practice lying, like it's okay. But what if we lived in a reality of honesty, where I, where I was like, Monica, man, that was hard. The way you treated Ricardo, that was tough. What if someone said that, right? And she'd probably be mad up front, right? But if she knew that I love them so deeply, I love their marriage, I love their children, and if you knew that you that you were speaking to someone that wanted to be good. For your life, you would accept it, right? A good king. Jesus brings us to humility and honesty, not to embarrass us, but to set us free. To set us free. Because the hidden version of us is destroying us. The fake version of us is killing us. But we continue down the road in busyness. If I can stay busy, if I can stay busy, if no one really knows me, at some point I'll get it together. I'm telling you, there's no end to that. There's no end to it. And I can tell you the truth, right? Because you already know it. It's not like I'm telling you a lie. You already know what I'm saying is true. And the older you get, the more you find out. This is, this is so true. This, ne- this is never ending. What if I'm chasing the wrong thing? What if I'm chasing the wrong king? And so on the cross, Jesus takes us to a place where we are absolutely bare, right? In the Garden of Eden, it says the words, they were naked and unashamed. And I was was thinking about that. Yes, they were naked and unashamed, but think about that. They were totally known and totally loved. I think that is what the human soul is seeking more than anything else. Totally known and totally loved, naked and unashamed. Unashamed. It's a whole new way that Jesus brought the kingdom of God, not by force, but by love, by truth, of of honesty, and humility. What if we, that's what we're called to? What if that is what we're called to? See, either Jesus is the greatest liar and he's leading people astray, giving people false hope, or he's crazy, like his family was saying. He lost his mind and he's out of control or he's absolutely right, and he's Lord. But Jesus has given us no room to say otherwise. He's either, this is what C.S. Lewis says, he's either a lunatic, a liar, or he's Lord. He is absolutely right. And he is God, and he changed all history, not by force, but with humility and honesty and the truth of God to set us free. This sacrificial love. And if he's Lord, he deserves our worship, our surrender. He deserves our loyalty. Who, as we close, who do you say that Jesus is? Is he king? If he's king, we must respond that way. There's no such thing as selective lordship. Only when we're singing songs, you're Lord Jesus. No, when you're making hard decisions to move in with your girlfriend, you, is Jesus Lord in that? Is Jesus Lord when you don't want to pay your taxes and you know ways around it? Is Jesus Lord then? Is Jesus Lord when in those lies that we can tell ourselves and tell others that would hide your shadow self, right? And then you would have to hide that for the rest of your life. Or you could be honest and deal with yourself. Is Jesus still Lord then? I'm going to push it even further. Today, if you look At someone's life, if you looked at my life, would you know that Jesus is Lord? If I looked at your life, would I know by your priorities and the way you live life that Jesus is Lord? Just with our heads bowed. Is our lives designed around God's lordship? Does he have first priority to our decisions or am I still the Lord of my life? Jesus came today to bind up the strong man. And before you can set others free, and before you can, you need to be freed. You need to be set free by Jesus. To give him the areas of your heart that you've never given up. The places no one knows about. The fears, the past, the broken pieces, the hurt that you can't let go. Will you let Jesus set you free today? Will you let Jesus set you free today? I mean it. asking you. you have a good king you could trust him you could trust him he has never let you down will you trust him the good king lays his life down for you and a good king doesn't just take power but he gives you power into sweet submission today i want to invite you to jesus's family and for to us to respond see jesus said who is my mother who is my brother for whoever does the will of God, he is my brother, sister, and mother. And what we do when we give Jesus lordship is we join the family of Jesus, and you bring hope in dark places. You give grace for pain. You bring justice and mercy, and that matters to you. Mercy matters to you. Justice matters when something is unjust you got to do something about it that's what jesus did the place the places in your life that you reside is jesus king in those places we are in the family restoration business in relationships in our workplace in our neighborhood that's what jesus's lordship looks like in our lives and in our world is jesus lord just want to say it may look like I'm surrounded just take a moment and just pray I want you to I want you to pray to God for a moment This is how we fight our battles. This is
1: how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my
0: battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I you it may look like i'm surrounded but i'm surrounded by you it may look like i'm surrounded but i'm surrounded by you heavenly father i pray lord jesus to do work in our hearts right now today lord to do work in our hearts right now You are inviting us into family, Lord God. You are inviting us into lordship. And not so you can take away our rights, but to free us from the very things that make us lose all the joy in our life, Lord God. And what we think is victory, Lord God, you have a victory that comes through humility and honesty. And that's what love really is at the end of the day, Lord God. Heavenly Father, bring us to a place where we make you Lord of our lives, not just Savior, but Lord of our lives today. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said, "Amen." Thank you. Give God praise.
1: Good morning, in Hill City. Uh, just got a couple announcements in a minute, but we're gonna have the ushers come up. We're gonna take offering, um, and I want to invite you guys just. And then what John was talking about, surrendering, I think another huge area of our lives that typically we hate surrendering is finances. Um, And it's not that God needs your money or wants your money, but he wants your heart, and that's a huge part of your heart. So we need to make sure that we are not just giving necessarily 10% or whatever it may be, but we want to be generous with what he's been given, what he's given to us. So let's make sure that we are um, just surrendering in that area of our life as well. Um, I'm going to pray for that, and then I'll go over some announcements. Father God, Lord, we just thank you, God, for how you give us more than what we deserve. God, you give us um, everything. God, we're not deserving, but you are so gracious and merciful. And God, we just thank you for your love. God, we thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. And God, we just pray for offering right now. God, we pray that it will be used uh, to bring you glory. Uh, God, for in our city and in our church, and God, just ultimately for you. In your name we pray. Amen. So, a couple announcements coming up. We have um, a newcomer's lunch. So, on your bulletin, if you haven't looked at that, it says we got newcomer's lunch August 25th. There's an email address on there for you guys to register. Um, so, please do that. If you're new and just kind of wanting to kind of get to meet some people and find out more about Hill City, then you can. Um, RSVP through that email address. And then we also have um, baptisms coming up. So baptisms, yes, right? We we love to celebrate people who are coming into that relationship with Jesus, kind of taking that next step. Um, and that is September 15th. And again, there's another email address on there for you guys to register for baptisms. Um, what else do we have going on? We have if you guys didn't see, there's a big table out there with a bunch of jewelry and earrings. We've got a missions trip coming up. So that is a way for you guys to help support it. And if you guys came to the, the movie, was it like August 3rd or something? Thank you guys for doing that. But a lot of us can't go on that missions trip, right? But we can, in a sense, go as a church. We're sending them. We're partnering with them. Um, so make sure that, as again, as, as we're being generous, that does It's not necessarily part of our tithe. That's kind of our offering, right? Going above and beyond and helping support that missions team as they go out there and they love on the people of Haiti, okay? So make sure that you stop by that table, buy some jewelry for yourself or for somebody you know, and uh, just help support that mission. Um, We also have on the back of your bulletin, we need some help, like in the nursery and in pre-K. So there's some things on here for you guys if you have um, a desire to work with little kids. I know they can be challenging, but they need that love of Jesus just as much as we do. So uh, get involved in that. Um, Two more things. Sorry, I know it's going a little long, but it's really important. We got Growth Track coming up, which is uh, September 8th through I believe the 29th. So Growth Track is where you guys kind of take the next step to get involved. You guys are finding out what we believe and where we're going, our missions, our values, and how to become part of the family and not just, I'll say it, not just be a bench warmer, not just sit in the pews and, you know, listen to John's awesome sermon and the awesome worship, but really like get your hands dirty with us. So yeah, that starts September 8th. So I'll have signups right here behind the door in the back if you want to take and you're ready to take that next step and then last thing we have uh life groups coming up in the beginning of october so we'll have signups probably towards middle of september end of september for life groups we beg you guys to get involved sunday morning is not enough if you're just living for sunday man you're missing out on so much so get plugged in um yeah that's all i'm gonna say on that so i'll pray and then um you guys are free to go Father God, Lord, we just, again, thank you for your goodness. Uh, God, we thank you for John's sermon challenging us to um, just surrender, God, and just be honest and humble, and God, just live in a way that brings you honor and glory. God, I pray that we would uh, get involved in our communities, God, here at church and just where we live, loving on people the way you love us. We just ask this in your name. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great Sunday.